Hey, Arnita. I'll invite some people into the room. Okay, cool. We are live. We'll let some people join in. Um, I'm going to invite some people on Clubhouse to come in, and we'll let some others join on, on Facebook. kind of takes a few minutes for um, it to send out the notification that I'm going live. I think I remember that was pretty old. I've used it a few times in the past. Yeah. There being like a 45-second Yeah, and that, well, that's why we use the audio on Clubhouse, because um, the audio is delayed on streamer, which is fine. Okay. How is uh, how's the weather in Hattiesburg? Actually, it's been pretty nice. I actually get nasty tomorrow. Um, but I think you're 71. Oh, it's really, really, really pretty. That that was us. We had a really pretty day today, too. Um, and we're in San Angelo, which you know. Um, but it, it was it was yucky all over this past week. I mean, it rained and rained and rained, but we needed it, so... I don't mind. Yesterday was good. I was going to say, but it's me, it's a little right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Always. Okay. I've invited um, some realtors in the room. And it looks like we've got a couple people on, on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. Well. How's uh so how's the market been in Hattiesburg? Pretty good. We're unique in that we're fairly insulted. Like for instance, in two thousand, you know, a lot of places were losing that value value Sounds like we're similar because our like our medium price range is like two twenty two fifty depending on the month. Um, so obviously very affordable and like you have the you know we did have two medical systems uh, but one just got bought out. So 
kind of have a monopoly now on that. But they're growing very, very quickly. So we've got a lot of people moving here for, for jobs for the medical system. Uh, one big university and a, a smaller one. Um, so we've got two. And then the Air Force Base as well. And then you throw in, you know, oil field. And now we've got like solar and wind turbine uh, workers. So that's been helpful for our short term rental market. Um, and, and traveling nurses too has been big. So it's been interesting. And it hasn't even like I've I've, been, I've only been a realtor for three and a half years. Not only, but um, just even in that small time frame, it's changed a lot. So yeah, it's interesting. Interesting. It is. It's going to get more interesting. Really. I guess that's one of the things that, you know, no two days are in like this rough and like, oh, wait, right. Rest, you know, right. Um, right. And that seems to be the case. Just about like what happens again. It's a totally yes. different. Well, I'll, uh, I'll introduce us real quick. Um, I'm Hallie Beeler-McCrory. I am a realtor in San Angelo, Texas, uh, team lead of Hallie's Homes. I'm known for selling 90 homes a year in a small town. Um, and normally I have my co-host on with me, but she is working on a big hotel deal right now. Uh, Casey Spryer, she's in Raleigh, North Carolina, but works the whole state. And she's a big commercial investor, big residential investor, uh, known as the downtown guru in Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, yeah, so I've got her information on our link tree. I've got my information. And we have our guest today, Adam Johnson, Big Sip. <laughs> you got to uh, tell us where you got that name from. But he's in Hattiesburg and uh, big real estate investor, big on education, uh, mentors other investors as well. Um, in the in the words of my husband, he is a real estate dictionary. So anything that you might need to know in terms of real estate, Adam's going to know. Like the, that's the exact words he used. <laughs> I hope the shoes are a great movie that you tell everybody about when they watch. Oh, no, no. <laughs> uh, and I mean, my husband's pretty hard to impress, so I'm, I feel confident about it. <laughs> yes, for sure. But yeah, we, uh, Casey and I wanted to have uh, Adam on um, just going into this shift. It's become harder for realtors to get their houses to move. We we can't just put our sign in the yard, put it on the MLS and have multiple offers in, in three hours anymore. Um, you know, so and, and lots of people got into real estate in these past, you know, two, two and a half, three years, um, and don't know any difference. So, you know, we thought Adam could come on, talk about creative financing and how that might be able to help realtors have this extra you know, tool in their pocket um, with listings. So, um, Adam, I would love for you to talk about your background and maybe how you got into investing. Um, if you joined on a little bit earlier, he's from Hattiesburg, Mississippi, which is um, sounds like a very good place to invest along with San Angelo, Texas and Raleigh, North Carolina. So, yeah, we're excited. 
I appreciate you having me on. So I'm Adam Johnson. Uh, was, this is a long time um, a friend of mine went to a roast. I, I was in Mississippi with me where I play the stereotype like, oh, that I'm simple, whatever. Um, and, you know, um, my friend, you're not going to do that a whole lot. I'm from Mississippi. I went alone, full blown, countries I could have had a couple and um, <laughs> somewhere in somewhere in near to the hotel, hotel. Access Maxwell's bag was a big set of and he used it. It's like one of the first episodes on the YouTube channel, and it stuck. And you're right. <laughs> like, super blue. So now that's uh, uh, that's my newly about six years ago. That's my newly that's my newly <laughs> really really well. I grew up around real estate. Very very fortunate. You know, my dad's been doing this for years now. Too. My mom it's, was in real estate and I didn't want anything to do with it and here I am. We are yeah. <laughs> kind of like it was that stuff I did with dad uh, my brother got out of worked a foreclosure deal and um, where he got to walk and made enough that I got a job. Right. And so, you know, his daddy had from college and that's got really got Because I was old enough. And so we kind of started, I think we bought our first one in two. Um, uh, my brother bought our meat together. 
and, and it was like somebody said it was like the star work and everybody had their lane with the deals from my brother which was all the book and collecting rents and whatnot mm -hmm. and then dad was there dad was there and, and you know a, a sound and board to make because we were so new at right. it and um and crazy yeah, I think yeah. we we had like within the two years of that. Um, wow. A lot of people sailing along the way. But the insurance office, tax offices, and a few other things have always been worth my For sure. For sure. Is your brother still in the game? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he does a lot. He's actually a state. Um, but he has a lot of businesses, uh, businesses, and, and actually some Angelo, That's awesome. These days, that's awesome. So it was just, yeah, it was kind of a, a love at first, first check site. <laughs> Yeah, and it was one other thing too is it's, it gives the room to be, you know, I saw what they did with the, the guy that did was a, it was a pivotal moment, yeah. right? Like it, where either his life was going to be seven to how many years or how to go in a different direction and then they were able to give him that fresh start. Opportunity and a lot of jobs. Jobs. Absolutely. Absolutely. So are you um are you you still obviously invest in real estate. Are, are you holding a lot of these properties still and just building your your rental portfolio as well? A little of both. So that's I'll kind of tell my story a little bit. I I haven't held any few that I have with some partners of some, but for the most part, I and I haven't really been keeping it for two reasons. Number one, uh, you know, for a long time growing up. Right from when I got started to to now, right. there was a period of time there, like in the beginning, was gold, right? Like oh. Midas touch, and and I think it was twenty twelve, maybe twenty twelve. And, and I did this little business. Mm -hmm. um, I just, I just, I, you know, I just felt like I needed to go do it and let it get the best of me. And so between those two, I lost everything in this last Oh my gosh. Like, went from my everything, everything turned to. You know, I watched them drag my car away, like everything, which turns out um, that it would happen to me. Right, I don't want to do it, to do it again. It, it was really, really good. There was some lessons, and I learned a lot. So, 
in that process that also really like like you can make such a difference in people's lives and like the impact and so like that's really exciting uh oh, I think you cut out. Oh, sure you are. Yep. It might be um it might be my connection. There we go. I think we're good. Yeah, uh well and that's um I think that's one of the things that really drew me to having you on the show. Um, for me, like my whole purpose, mission for real estate, I didn't realize it going into starting real estate, but, you know, the longer I'm in it, it's, yes, the, the money's good, but I've realized I really like helping people build that generational wealth and, you know, even realizing the equity they have in the house or even, you know, what they might be able to make on uh, a flip house or having a long-term rental um, and what they can really like, you know, seeing that amount. And when they realize it, they're like, Oh my God, I can pay for my kids college with this. Or, you know, we can pay off our, our debt with this. Um, that is much more rewarding to me than, than the check. The check is nice. Obviously I got to make a living somehow. Um, but yeah, that's, I, I see that with you, like the helpers, not handlers. Um, and even like guys like Pace Morby, who I know you're friends with, um, you know, he's big on, um, you know, be someone that is providing solutions for these sellers and don't focus on the money that, that comes with, you know, working hard, doing the right thing, helping people, then the money, the money follows. So, um, yeah, I, I really admire that and what you're doing. Well, we've got a good little comment too that just popped up. Thanks, James. Love it. Yeah. That's a good one. Stoic. Um, but yeah, is that is that something you kind of realized when we were going through those hard times? Is um and it was I think it was the difference. And then later about, you know, the, the difference between the, the, and really understanding mm -hmm. something. Uh, and, and I that I, right, I knew there was a difference <laughs> until <laughs> I went through that. It really does. We have the ability to impact the energy of somebody's life. And it, and, you know, and it, really and it, it was not that big scale of, scale of mm -hmm. right? but some of them can be very and actually that so it obviously like going on the goal to death mentally upset yeah <laughs> imagine so yeah it was I was in a real weird place for a while. Right, like it just right. took a little like while. It just took everything and, and accepted it. Accepted it. Accepted it. But I'll never forget it. Um, 
Um, I started um, getting back to the that. Um, and I don't want to deal with it. just enough when I lose my confidence a little bit. I might still, that old me, that old me, my know, and, and just, just kind of peeling some like this for a tough time. I know exactly what I'm talking and about. There was a friendship that was in and I had mailed two or three letters to the whole house. I called him next to him. He's the whole gamut of trying to get touched. And he was getting for post on Thursday. And on Tuesday afternoon, I went and left a handwritten under the ashtray on the table on the table. And I could tell that he had an ashtray yeah. And about <laughs> 10 o'clock, about 11 a.m. on Thursday, at 10 p.m. on Thursday, he got yeah, the first time and said, hey, hey, this is, this is Keith. Keith. This is Keith. This um, is you left a letter out on my Um, Are you sure it's not too late before you lay on my text? Right. And so and we text so back and forth. That's oh, that's emotional. That's powerful. Gosh, that's awesome, though. 
I do get pretty passionate about this stuff. I got a bunch of stories since yeah. then. That was, that was a pivotal one for me, and that was. I mean, I still get choked. How am I going through that? Yeah, I mean, you you have me choked up over here. Gosh. Well, that's uh well, and I, th I think it could be the same for real estate agents too. I mean, you know, we we help our clients, you know, get if they can't afford their mortgage anymore, need to sell. But um, at the same time, a lot of real estate agents are investors too, so I think it's uh it's twofold. But um, yeah, the the point of, of that definitely came across. So, um, well, I guess I'd, if you'd like, if we could jump in, Joe, maybe talking about some of our creative financing options. Um, now that we know, you know, kind of the attitude that you need to have going into this, you know, kind of that go-giver mentality and um, being a, well, like you said, a, um, a husband, not a haggler. So, um, yeah, I think we've got the mindset down. So now we need the strategies. So there's a lot of places to start. And really, I mean, heck, and Cole and Austin were here, right? Like, we spent stuff, and it was almost like we just got the, the surface of it. Yeah. Um, but it, before we dive into techniques, I so. Yeah. I think I think the mindset side, um, and, and, and this is just as this was what you were going in as a realtor, uh, whatever the case is, take away all the boxes, like all the Conventional, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's that's how that's we how we just really mm -hmm. um but that doesn't but that process. Right. Um, and so, and so the big thing all of us, whether we're realtors or we're investors, uh, we want to do really a really good job. Even though like I'm there to make money, it's a very job. And a lot of times that is, and I know like one of the things that we were going to talk is buying houses subject to the That's when you know it's it's just grabbing a lot of attention. I know that's a program. Yeah, the sub two. Yes, and what it is, is it's one of solutions that you're, what I can do, I'm going to give a few different those deals that we've done, so to, to there's options, there's traditional options, there's combos of all of those. Right. But um, a little bit. That's one that we're sure of. 
especially, especially now, that now that they are. What they are. Um, so I guess first, so I guess who is, and then and then we'll go into some examples. Yeah. So so I guess the familiar with subject two. So especially your readers, you know, every every product is sold subject to something. Everybody, everybody, everybody is 
actually eight or nine out of the house and people being three days or make sure they check what kind of chest that guy makes sure it's more accurate to like a house. Right. Um that's one I'm that's one their insurance would cover it or something. Um, but that's that's yeah. the technical side. The things that we hear. Oh, someone just said we can't really hear. It's echoing. Well, let me take the clubhouse a little bit farther. Thanks, Kelly, for letting us know. Can y'all hear me? Hopefully that helps. Kelly, let me know if that doesn't help at all. I kind of put my phone further away from the computer. Um, and I, you know, I think the thing that that if, if you've never heard of any is brand new to you, it sounds stuff happens every day. You see it a lot more present. Um, but it happens every day. If you got that, so one of the things I always like to show is this: if you go to Google and type in and go look at um, five of three HUD actually or subject. Buying subject to um, and we'll try to show the clubhouse or whatever. Go to um, go to Google statement. There it goes. Um, they actually subject to are we taking are we taking that? Um, so let's you want to my friend she said uh it's clear when i talk but when it sounds like you're underwater hmm. how is that which one oh yeah we'll try that there's a large echo on your end, she said. Let me see if these AirPods 
Uh, let's just keep it rolling, and I'll, I'll have you let me know if it's not. Yeah. Um, and that is one thing. That the joke, the Mississippi is when it comes to technology. <laughs> well, it might be the fact that, uh, no, she said it's not better. But it's clear on Clubhouse. Let's see if these will make a little bit of a difference here. Okay. Thanks for your patience, everybody. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> that may do the trick. Okay. That should do the trick. Okay, cool. We'll keep, keep rolling. Okay. <laughs> oh, she said much better. Yay. Okay, perfect. Perfect. That was the only thing I could think of to do. <laughs> good. Well, good thing that worked. Okay, we, we have another question. Which lines on HUD-1, um, is it the, the 203 and 503 that you have highlighted? Yeah, yeah. 203 and 503. Okay, I just wanted to double check. Okay, sorry, you can keep rolling. <laughs> Um, no, but so like, let's go through a specific example of a house that was listed. Um, and you know, you've got, now you've got multiple parties. You've got a seller that wants to sell mm -hmm. and then you've got an agent that wants to get paid because now they put some time and energy and, and expertise and everything behind it. Right. Um, and so I had a guy call me off the website and we were kind of talking back and forth. He said his house was listed, uh, which I actually knew the, the brokerage that it was listed at. Mm -hmm. um, and <clears throat> what we did is I, I went in and I said, well, look, let me just see if it's even something I'm interested in. If I am, then we'll circle back. We'll involve the agent at that point. Cause I don't want to waste their time. If it's, you know, if I go look and it's nothing I want to fool with. Um, and I said, but let me go do that. Let me take a look at the house. Let me just run some numbers, make sure I can help. And if I can, then we'll, we'll loop the agents in and see what we can do. Okay. And so um, we ended up, I went and looked at it and, you know, the house was remodeled three years ago when he bought it situation, just like we were kind of using as an example where he just interest rates changed. The equity is not there anymore. And it's definitely not there for him to be able to pay an agent. Mm -hmm. um, and now he's moved off. The house is empty. It really needs to be cleaned and painted, but he doesn't have the extra money or the extra time to do it. Right. And so just in this weird limbo spot, but he's making two payments while it's in limbo. Right. Um, and so what we did, because he has a, he has a VA loan, it's a three and a half percent right? Which is, you can't get those anymore. <laughs> um, and he's not looking to buy a house anytime soon. 
um, which is one of the things, right? So like there's a few qualifiers for the seller. If they need to free up their credit so that they can go buy their next house, this is probably not a good option. Um, but for this guy, like he's already written a spot. He's not looking to buy anytime soon. So it won't mess up, you know, anything for him buying another house in the next 12 months. And so what I told him, I said, look, I can give you 1500 bucks at closing. I can take care of the, the real estate commission and I'm just going to start making your payments every month. Mm-hmm. And I said, we'll close at the end of a month, which I think we're closing should be this week actually. Um, so we'll close it, make sure the agents get paid. The attorney will get paid for doing all of their, I mean, paperwork, just like a normal closing. Right. The only difference is, is instead of paying off his loan, I'll get his login to the mortgage company. And then I'll go in every month and make that payment myself. Um, and that way it just, it checks all the boxes. It gets that payment off his shoulders. The agents get paid like they're supposed to. Um, the attorney gets paid for doing a real estate transaction. And for me, and, and here's, I think I have, yeah. So <clears throat> just as a, as a, an example, so to speak. So his payment is $700 a month, mm-hmm. actually it's a hair under 700. Um, he never filed for homestead, so the taxes aren't going to change when I buy it. Mm-hmm. And I can go rent that house for eleven or twelve hundred dollars a month. So it's worth it for me to use. You know, I pay the commission, I pay him fifteen hundred bucks, I pay the closing costs. That's kind of my down payment, so to speak. Right. Right. That's my cash in on the front. But now I have a really good loan that I can just make payments on. That's not at seven percent. So, like for instance, his loan. Is one hundred thirty thousand. He's at three and a half percent for thirty years. So his principal and interest is like five eighty, mm-hmm. give or take. Um, and if that loan now, if I had to go get it at seven percent, just the principal and interest would be about eight sixty five. Right. And then I'd have taxes and insurance on top of that, mm-hmm. which makes it, that puts me out of the ball game. Right. And so doing it the traditional route, I'm not even a, an option. Um, but with the ability to come in and take over his existing loan, we can provide that solution where it checks everybody's boxes. And then we get just, I know that I can't sell it anytime soon to make money, but I can rent it and make it worth my while. Right. Right. Um, so I'm, I have like a lot of questions in my head, um, but I think that would keep us here for a while. Um, so basically the, the deed is still in the seller's name or does the, the lawyer, you're transferring that over with the lawyer. Yeah. The deed would actually transfer. Okay. Um, so when we close that one, my LLC or trust or whatever we put it in yeah. would be the new owner of that property. Okay. Um, but his original loan will still be in place. So it does still affect their borrowing, which is what like borrowing potential, which is why it has to be people that aren't like potentially looking to buy a home soon. 
it needs to, there usually needs to be about 12 months. Um, and I would think, especially right now with how everything's changed, I think some of them you used to be able to get away with six months, mm -hmm. um, as like a seasoning period where, um, so like take this guy for instance. So when we buy his house, that loan still shows up on his credit report and it's still going to ding his, his DTI. Right. Um, so he can't go get a new house, but we've already talked about that. It's not, he's not worried about it. Wasn't planning on buying anything. Um, if he was, then this would not be a good option. Um, so that's an important question to know, like what their next step is mm -hmm. but for this guy. By the time he gets ready to buy, we'll have 12 months plus where we can go in and show that we have actually made that payment every month. Right. And then he'll get a portion of that. Sometimes it's 70%, sometimes it's 80%, sometimes it's 100% that they'll actually credit back to the DTI. Okay. Uh, kind of like when there's a rental property and you, you're obligated to that monthly debt or that debt service, but you can also show where this tenant's been paying on time for three years, so they kind of wash themselves out, mm -hmm. and then they'll credit that back to you. Right. Um, so yeah, there's there's a little bit of caveat to it when it comes to what their their next step is. Mm -hmm. um, but even some people, you know, I mean, we've had plenty where they were going to have to either a rent payment or a house payment or both. And so it just came down to where the best option for them was to sell it subject to, and they just knew they couldn't buy for 12 months. Right. Okay. Got it. And so, and then, so you're paying sellers or not the, the buyer is, or you as the buyer, you're paying the real estate agent commissions then. I guess. Yeah. Cause in this case, there wasn't any, um, there wasn't a realtor. It was like an off market. No, actually, this one was listed, but there was no room, right? So, like, it, it was just one of those things when I went and calculated it all up. I said, well, I can pay the commission. And it, it was just to keep from having to me pay him, and then he pays them. Um, I just told him, I said, look, I'll write y'all a check at closing. I'll write him a check at closing, and then I'll start making his payments. Got it. Okay. So I guess uh, we probably as realtors need to consult with our brokers. Um, and it, it sounds like that's been fine for other real estate agents in the past, but I think a good thing to do as a realtor would be to consult with your broker and make sure that's like that, that that's legal and okay for us to get paid that way instead. But I think as long as both buyer and seller agree to that and the real estate agent, then, and everybody's like, there's transparency about it, and we have it in writing, then it should be should be fine. But well, and, and that's one thing I was going to say. So I <clears throat> I do go to experts on just about everything. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of times, like what we'll do is we'll say, okay, this is here's the the guts of what we're doing, mm -hmm. and then I'll go to. Like for the realtors, I say, look, you know, here's what we're going to do. Here's what the deal looks like. And I'm not a, afraid to, you know, 
go left and go right to make sure that it looks right on all of their paperwork and it's done exactly how they need it to. Mm -hmm. And then the same with the attorney. So like with the attorneys, I don't do any of the legal aspect of any of these deals. Right. These all go to the attorneys to do, to make sure it's all, you know, all the boxes are checked and it's done exactly how it needs to be. Yes. I just, we just line up. And so same thing for you guys, right? So as an agent, it's, Oh, Adam, I think you're muted on, um, on Facebook. Let's see. Or, um, if you click your, uh, picture, there's a mic. I think they could still hear from my clubhouse going, but. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm going to get this figured out. (laughs) You're good. (laughs) Um, but no, that's what I was going to say. So like, as as agents, um, and, and this is one thing that I look at, right? Same, I almost look at it same as y'all would. So I go in and I don't really make a bunch of offers. I just lay out solutions, right? Like right. this can be an option. This can be an option. This can be an option. And so a lot of times I even tell people, I'm like, look, you don't need to sell it to me. If, if I make money on your house, it's because you are either impatient or you did something really wrong. You need to call, you know, Hallie and let her list it. And if that doesn't work, call me back. Right. So like we Mm -hmm. do a lot. Um, But even as an agent, this is one of those things that, right. We want to serve our clients the best. You want to do the best possible job you can do. And that is giving them options to choose from right you're not this isn't anything that you come in you say man this is what you got to do you're just saying hey this is an option right Right. it's something that most people aren't going to know to tell you about but at least it's an option if you feel it's the right choice for you Mm -hmm. absolutely so um another one of my questions are you also um are you typically also paying for like a title policy search and a survey? Um, the survey depends. We don't, we actually don't do a ton of surveys mm-hmm. until we get into a little bit more acreage. Um, mm-hmm. Or if they're like, there's a few areas that the, the way that they all got split up and sold, I'm going to get a survey on all of them. There's a few of those little, you know, pockets of places. Um, but we really don't do a ton of surveys on everything, but we do, we definitely do a title search on everything. Um, even last, like we had one a few weeks ago, the, the seller was, a it was a weird scenario, but the, there was a foreclosure and the seller was going to lose the house that they were living in to the foreclosure, Mm -hmm. but they had two acres uh, that they would sell that would get them enough to do the catch up amount to keep their house out of foreclosure. But we only had like 40 something hours to get it done. Right. And so we ended up, um, I think we, we called it noon on, on a Thursday and luckily, right. Like that's the relationship with the title company. Um, yes. is they, they sent somebody to this County, which was 30 minutes away, did a title search for us so that we could get the, and then drew up a quick claim deed for us. 
Um, and we were able to get it all signed at like 427 to tell them to wire the money at 430. Like it was, it was chaos. Um, but it, it was that kind of a, a deal. Right. But I'm always going to get a title search, like right. hands down, no question. I'm going to get a title search most of the time, unless it's something like that, we're just like, we're out of time. Um, with that exception, we're going to sit down at the title company every time too. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, and even some of my, you know, we really don't have like small land deals, less than $10,000, right? We could do a quick claim deed. Mm -hmm. um, but that's part of it too, is because our attorney's office helps us with a lot that they don't hourly bill us for. Mm -hmm. um, and that's one of the ways that we like to give back is, hey, let's just do a normal closing on everything. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Just checking if we have any other questions. Yeah. Uh, some There's an investor on here said some brokers are afraid of liability of a subject to transaction, but again, just best to check with your broker. But clearly there are some, at least. I mean, I've heard of a lot of uh, agents being able to participate in these types of transactions. So, um I mean, maybe it's something where it needs to come from the seller, but you could pay the seller to give it. I don't know. You can, I mean, I think you said it earlier, right? Disclosure. Um, transparency is a really, really big thing. And a lot of y'all's, right? Like the legal aspect, that's all on the attorneys anyway. Right. Um, and the rest of it, I mean, just full disclosure on everything. Mm-hmm. So I guess going into, well, what would your, your next option be if the, the seller did need to buy in the next year? Um, <clears throat> it really depends. So we've got, well, we've actually got one we're working on now and we're actually, we're doing a test run. So, um, seller you know she's probably owes 50 percent of what her house is worth so she's got really good equity but it's in a it's just in that higher price range that has been just hammered for high interest rates right because mm -hmm. i'm sure y'all have the same thing in san angelo there's a you know where it's maybe one to 250 that's still moving pretty good yeah. And then you get over, you know, eight or $900,000 and it's still moving pretty good. And then there's that gray area in between that just went stagnant. Right. Um, and hers is just inside that price range that has gone stagnant. Um, mm -hmm. But, I, you know, some a series of unfortunate events. She never got behind on payments, but just had some family issues. Um, she moved off across the country got her house listed right when interest rates started going up and the market started changing. And yep. now she's trying to get a new house and she can, she's got enough on her DTI that I think she can get it done anyway. Mm -hmm. um, but we're doing some test runs before we actually pull the trigger on it. 
So we're actually testing it with her mortgage company this week, the, her, her new mortgage company. Mm -hmm. um, and what we're going to do on it, because there's a lot of confusion about subject twos and there's a lot of, of people that just don't like, it's not even something that's hit their radar. Right. Um, and so rather than try to explain that to her new mortgage company, what we're looking at is doing a lease option. So the mechanics of it are all going to be the same. Um, it's us taking over the payments. We're going to pay her the dip. We're going to sign a, basically a, a promise to pay um, that will capture her equity. We just have 10 years to pay it. Right. So mm -hmm. she said, look, I want to, A, I want to get this payment off my shoulders and then B, I'd like to get my equity out of it. Right. But she doesn't need the equity now. She needs the payment out. And so <clears throat> what we're going to do so that the, the bank will easily understand it or, or hopefully um, is we'll have a lease option that says that our lease payment is going to be we have a 12 month lease with nine options to renew. So a 10 year period where our lease payment is whatever her mortgage payment is. So if the insurance mm -hmm. goes up, we cover the full mortgage payments. Taxes go up, we cover the mortgage payment. And then when we either sell or refinance or hit that 10 year cap, we have to provide her with a check for the difference. Right. Right. So her, whatever her equity is right now, 140,000 or whatever it is. Um, and so what we're going to do is we're testing that to see if they give her any immediate credit on her DTI. Mm -hmm. um, so I'll have to get back to you on that one, but that's what we do is we just test it and make sure that it'll work. We'll try different mortgage companies. We'll submit it. You know, sometimes we do it as a lease option. Sometimes we do it as a subject to, um, and then we just kind of play out options as we go, as long as they've got the time to test those. Um, right. A lot of times, you know, and especially we're getting more and more in those times now, you know, they may only have 30 to 60 days and something's going to get a, a payment's getting missed. Um, right. And in those situations, we just say, hey, look, you know, it'd be better for you to rent for a year, keep your credit good. And then maybe interest rates will come back down in the next 12 months a little bit anyway, and you'll be better right. off for waiting. Um, so we just kind of play it out. A lot of it really depends on the seller and how much time they have and what their motivation is. Um, mm -hmm. But we really do our best to try to get them to the next step that they're hopeful for. Mm -hmm. um, and then if that doesn't work, then we go to, all right, what's the next step that you need? Got it. So in what situation would you use more of an owner financing scenario? Or is that just, would that be more of like an investment tool? No, um, there's a lot, a lot of different scenarios. So, mm -hmm. um, and typically, so like definition wise, I say owner finance when it is a true, like purchase money mortgage that the seller carries back, right? Like mm -hmm. they play the bank, so to speak. Um, and we, we see those in a lot of scenarios, but I would say that the most frequent is investor to investor. Um, okay. We have a lot of times, cause see, now here's the other thing with owner financing 
and this is another, a whole, like what we say, hey, take away all the barriers from the traditional cookie cutter stuff. I can show you a lot of ways where a tired landlord can sell on owner financing and put a drastic, like almost 35 plus percent more in their pocket over the years to come because of mm -hmm. tax loopholes. Um, so that's, that's a big one. So we do a lot of owner finance deals where it's tired landlords yeah. and you know, they, they've been accustomed to the cash flow. They understand rental properties. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot less education that's involved for them to feel comfortable as opposed to just, you know, um, John Doe off the street who this is the second house he's ever owned. Right. Um, right. But we do a lot with um, tired landlords, portfolio deals. There can be some massive tax advantages um, if they've owned them for a long time, right? The house is appreciated in value. They've depreciated it on their taxes every year. They can be looking at substantial capital gains that go all at one time to Uncle Sam unless yeah. they own or finance. Unless they own or finance. Yeah. I didn't think about that. Because uh, We've got several people that, I mean, heck, one of them has even turned into, I'd probably say my top three or in my top three private money lenders now. Right. Um, he had one rental property, finally had a bad tenant, said, man, this is not for me, but I really want the income and I, I'm disgusted at what the banks pay. Yeah. Um, and that's, we get a lot of those where we say, look, I can pay you five or 6%. I don't have to do inspections or appraisals or pay bank fees or anything like that. So it's a drastically better loan. The terms are always way better than what the bank is going to give you. And, mm -hmm. you know, if it was your grandma, do you want her to get five or 6% from me or a half a percent from the bank? Yeah. Um, and it can turn into, especially if they're using it to supplement retirement every month. The amount of monthly payments they can pull from that changes. I mean, I think we ran an example while the boys were in town where it was on a $150,000 house and a tired landlord. And if they sold it outright, got the cash, paid the taxes, put it in the bank, I could end up paying them a hundred and some odd thousand dollars more um, over a few years than the bank would ever give them. Got it. Yeah, that's a, uh, yeah, you weren't kidding when you, uh, when you said take off your conventional thinking cap, you know? <laughs> and so it really is, it's just solving the problems, like figuring out what the, what the motivation really is. And it doesn't always have to be because they're in a bind. I didn't mean to, to cut you off. I'm sorry, but it doesn't well, have to be that there's a, you know, they don't have to be behind on their payments. They don't have to be in a, in a pinch for that to be a good deal all the way around for everybody. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, oh, I just had a question. I'm trying to think. Um, so I guess as a realtor, what are the best ways to connect with investors such as yourself? That's a like, great do question. Do I need to go and Google like the, you know, I buy houses kind of guys or um, you know, show up to investing events. Um, I would start with investing events. Um, 
I mean, most everybody in a decent sized town is going to have a, a local RIA. Um, some kind of, you know, whether it's on Meetup or Facebook or whatever, there's there's usually some kind of meeting. If there's not more than one, right. um, I know a lot of places they'll have two or three different big RIAs going. Yeah. Um, that's a really, really good place to start. And then I think the, the big one is if you're, if you're wanting to work with investors that know these deals, um, start looking at who's still buying houses, mm-hmm. right? Like I love going to the courthouse because it's such a, a phenomenal source of information. If you get to know everybody, um, right. like it still cracks me up to this day. Like I actually have keys to our courthouses from back when I used to have to go in before you could access everything online. Like I still have my keys that I can go in and check all the records and everything like that. But go in, like get to know what's going on in the courthouse, get to know the people that are filing every piece of paper that comes in and ask them who's buying. Yeah. Uh, Because they see the names every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a really good place to find out who's still buying, who's investing, right? Like, who do you know that's been doing real estate for a long time? Who do you know that says they're looking to buy right now? Um, mm-hmm. And you can probably come out with a list of five or 10 bona fide names. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, I'm going to put that if you're. Creative financing deals. Because the the experienced investors are are gonna be more of the the easy button for these kind of deals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um because it's really it's an so like all this creative stuff. Um, and I, I have to credit my good friend, Courtney Fricky for this one. Um, but creative deals are the exchange of credibility rather than credit or cash. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's really like, that's why like the owner finance deals and, you know, taking over everybody's payments. That's because we sit in the living room together and we look eyeball to eyeball and I tell them my story and I tell them, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly about all their options. And that's why, you know, I think people are comfortable doing those kind of deals with us. Right. Um, because we sit down and we, we have that credibility. It makes it a whole lot easier um, than, you know, John Doe off the street that says, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll make your payments for you. Um, right. Which, like, for me, I mean, I, I pick up the phone all the time. And say, hey, you know, I can tell that you're worried about whether or not I'm going to make the payments if we do this deal. Let's call Joey. Let's call Keith. Let's call, and I'll call. Yeah, like have your testimonials. Mm-hmm. So, is that something as an agent, um, you know, if we are potentially going to be working with an investor, um, like, is do you recommend us to ask for for test like previous testimonials, or um, is there like another tip you have for you know having them present some credibility i do i mean because you're going to have good people that have never done a deal like this yeah Um, but i I think treating it 
you know, y'all do have to be kind of careful. And this is why brokers are going to, some of the brokers would freak out is because mm -hmm. it's, they see the liability of you facilitating that kind of a deal. Right. Um, so I think as an agent, it's important to a make sure that everybody's on the same page that, Hey, if you have any legal questions, you need to talk to the attorney. If you have any, you know, character questions, you need to do your own background search on this person or whatever. Um, but just as my own filter, you know, a, if somebody, if I know somebody's done bad business, I don't, they don't even touch my list right. of, of candidates. Right. Um, but then on the flip side of that, I do like checking references. Um, you know, I'll ask people, I'll find mutual connections, whether it's, um, Facebook and a lot of times it's, yeah. And a lot of times it's not even work related or business related. It's, do we have some mutual connections that I can call and say, Hey, give me the off the record rundown yeah. on, on this part, you know, Hey, tell me about that Hallie character for real. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's just stuff like that. And then like one of the things that, you know, an easy filter for y'all, you know, have they checked enough boxes that you would feel comfortable doing this deal with your grandma's house? Um, and that's usually a, a pretty telltale sign. You know, you can, you can justify a lot of different things, but when it comes to grandma's house and grandma's money, we get real. Um, so it's one of those, like if it's, you know, if, if it would if you feel comfortable introducing that investor to do a deal with your grandma, then you're on the right track. Yeah. <laughs> well, and the good thing is I feel like realtors oftentimes do have to think like that. Um, well, and especially in, in military towns, you know, we have people coming in, um, you know, like from Germany, like they're, they're buying houses pretty much sight unseen. We'll do like FaceTime tours and stuff, but you know, in terms of like checking out the neighborhood, it's very hard for them to do that. So, um, a lot of times people are like, well, you know, would you, would you let your grandma live here? So, uh, I think we do, I think agents can, uh, can get in that mindset. Um, oh, oh, sorry. Someone commented. Um, but I think, yeah, I think agents can, can think in that sense too. So that's good. And it's, it's one of the, you know, like we talked about just providing the options for everybody. You know, the seller can ultimately decide what they want to do, just like they can decide to accept or reject a cash offer. Right. Um, yeah. Like we don't have to be the ones um, making that decision. That's true. Well, good. Well, I know uh, I, I want to respect your time. Uh, we're, we're just over an hour right now. Um, is there anything else that you think agents should know? Just I know we went very, um, you know, big picture on this. Is there anything else that you think agents should know about creative financing or if they want to, you know, dive deeper, is there a way for them to connect with you? Uh, yeah. Feel free to reach out to me. Um, Adam, Justin Johnson on Facebook, um, big sip real estate on Instagram. Um, oh, and your, uh, I put your website on our link tree too. Oh yeah, that's that's probably an easy one too. If you just go to helpersnothagglers.com, I think it links into like me and dad and Courtney. Yeah. Um I forgot that's a new thing. Um <laughs> Yeah, I mean I, 
I think for the agents that are really like, right, agents and investors, we're all in the same boat. Mortgage mm -hmm. originators, like mortgage brokers, right? Everybody yeah. is at a T in the road where you've either got to make sure you've got a lot of tools in your tool belt going forward or we need to find something else to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. And that's, I mean, that's a really, I hate to put it that way, but that is one thing I think we're going to see that was similar to 08, right? Oh, right. Four, five, six, and seven, we had a massive increase in mortgage brokers and realtors and brokers and investors. And then 08 hit and 2009, 2010, there was a lot of crickets in the room. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, and obviously like everybody listening to this, I think has made that decision that they want to increase the tools in their tool belt. Um, find out the stuff that would make it beneficial, right? Like knowing how to identify the person that these creative solutions would be a good fit for. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the number one thing, especially for realtors and brokers right now, is know your client situation, right? Like I know a lot of times uh, I'll have a realtor that brings me a deal and I'll say, well, you know, are their payments current? And are they, is there any impending dates like foreclosure or something that I need to be aware of? Is there any court stuff coming up? Um, and, and a lot of times the answer is, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, dive in deep and make sure you under, because if you don't, right, how do you know their situation? And then if you don't know their situation, then how do you expect to be the, provide the best solution? Right. Um, and so that's really like dig in, ask the uncomfortable questions on the front end and let them know, like, look, this is probably going to be something new to you, but I care enough to ask. Right. And yeah. go through that, find out, hey, look, this house is empty. You're off in another state. Uh, how many do you have any trouble making your payments? Right. Mm -hmm. do, I need to know this. And you do. Um, so I think that's the big one is make sure you you care enough to ask all the questions, even the uncomfortable ones about what their right. situation is. Um, and then from there, just study. Right. Like study sub two. There's a lot of paces put out just an incredible amount of content on subject twos that's available for free. Yeah. Um, and owner financing, knowing things. So like uh, if you have clients that are tired landlords, or if you know some landlords that have package deals that they would unload, go read IRS publication 537. Um, and it's on installment sales. It's about 35 pages but it's the whole, what I call the tired landlord loophole that can make hundreds of thousands or more difference in how that money gets put in their pocket. Right. Um, okay. Even, even little things like I'm going to tell you, I know we're way over time, but like thinking outside the box, right. A, a deal that dad and pace were looking at together, mm -hmm. um, there's a lady in the Midwest. She had like 96 houses. Kids didn't care anything about them, but she had had them for a long time and she didn't want to pay a bunch of capital gains. Right. So how do you check all those boxes? Well, when she dies, her kids inherited at a step up basis. Right. So all of that depreciation, 
she's had on the taxes, all the appreciation on value that she would have had to pay taxes on. When it goes to her kids, all that starts fresh again. But she didn't want to manage them anymore right now. Right. And so the offer was, why don't you, we'll have an agreement to buy them at a specific price, but we're going to lease them from you until the day you go to heaven. So you technically will own them until the day you die. And when we buy them from your kids at this predetermined price, the amount they get, they don't have to pay taxes on. Right. Dang. Right. That's so uh, yeah. That's a gem. loopholes. Yeah. Dang. That's uh. That's awesome. I'm like thinking of like you know clients in my head now. There's <laughs> a, a million different things. We've even partnered with people. I bought a house from a lady for a dollar one time. Um, because we, I didn't, I wasn't confident in how much I could sell it for. Right. And so we just did a deal where I said, look, I'm going to buy it from you for a dollar. I'm going to do all the fix up. We're going to sell it. I'm going to pull all my money back plus 35 grand and you can have everything that's left. Right. Um, and that's what we did. And I yeah. And maybe that was, you know, the only option or the best option that they had. So. And if I had to guess a number on the front end, I'm going to be real conservative. So it's the only right. way I could think of to be fair. Right. 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 For sure. Well, this, uh, this is awesome. Thank you, Adam. Hopefully I didn't keep y'all too, too long. <laughs> this time goes no, by so no, fast. I, I, no, this has been wonderful and uh, just very eye opening and, you know, gets your, at least for me, get got my wheels turning on some possible deals that, um, you know, I could help some uh some clients on that are in sticky situations or you know just not your normal scenarios and i'm sure it's been the same for for our audience so um but that that you know that's what this is all about you know going into this shift it's real estate's not for the the weak minded and the weak hearted so uh i think this is going to be good information going forward and um you know and it's it's the same thing. We go through ups and downs uh, through the years. So this is not going to be our only, you know, recession or, or shift. Uh, yeah. This is going to be tools that we can use for a long time or even, um, you know, our realtors on here who are investors as well. So love it. There's a whole new world of possibilities for realtors that are investors also. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you, Adam. Uh, this has been just Awesome. You dropped so many gems and uh, appreciate your time. I mean, thank you for being so giving and uh, helping us out. Hey, it's my pleasure. I appreciate you having me on. And um, if I can help you all in any way, um, feel free to reach out. I'm, I can be a little slow depending on what all's going on on some of the social media messages. But if you'll message me, I will get back with you. Awesome. Well, thank you, Adam, and thank you to our audience and everybody who uh, came on. We're going to shut the room down, but there will be uh, replays on Clubhouse, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. I don't think there's replays on Twitter, but um, yeah, any of the other platforms, feel free to go back and, and listen in again. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Adam.